The epistle for this 20th Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Brethren, see that you walk circumspectly, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, do not become unwise, but understanding what is the will of God. And do not be drunk with wine, wherein is luxury, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual canticles, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God and the Father, being subject one to another in the fear of Christ. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of St. John. At that time, there was a certain ruler whose son was sick at Capernaum. He, having heard that Jesus was come from Judea into Galilee, went to him and prayed him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Jesus therefore said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you do not believe. The ruler says to him, Lord, come down before my son dies. Jesus says to him, Go thy way, thy son lives. The man believed the word which Jesus said to him and went his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him, and they brought word, saying that his son lived. He asked, therefore, of them the hour wherein he grew better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father, therefore, knew that it was at the same hour that Jesus said to him, Thy son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, one of the most difficult vows that any saint has ever made was, was one made by St. Alphonsus de Liguori when he vowed, under pain of mortal sin, to do the most perfect thing at, at each moment, never to waste a moment of time. And this such a such a vow and a resolution is really crucifying for us because due to our fallen heat nature we really like to waste time and to say to yourself i'm never going to waste a moment of time i'm always going to do what i should be doing is extremely difficult so by wasting time we mean effectively falling into the sin of idleness we're supposed to take the moments of time that God gives us on this earth and use them for our own betterment, for pursuing our, our goal in life, um, for, as I say, improving ourselves as a person. And so often, as I say, instead of doing that, we, we end up wasting time. Instead, we do something that has no point to it. It really has no finality. There's no <clears throat> real reason to be doing it. It just doesn't lead to anything. Um, I'm not saying it's necessarily sinful. It's it just it's meaningless. It's purposeless. For example, and I mean, I, and I know this this happens sometimes. Someone just starts organizing things randomly um, when they know that their their organization will will lead to nowhere um, just to take an example if if you have uh, a box full of bills that that are 10 years old perhaps you put them there in order to do your tax returns one year and you just say i'm going to organize this box and and you start to arrange all the bills by by their date and and you put uh the month 
on, on a folder and, and put them all in there and separate them by dividers and, and put it on the box and you're, and you're really satisfied when you're done because you did such a great job of organization. But all the while, you're realizing that you will never, ever open this box again for the rest of your life. Um, that there was really, really no reason to do that. Um, you just wanted to waste some time. Or the example that I gave about a month ago when I was speaking about curiosity, you're, you're scrolling through the Internet and you, you come upon this headline that says, 100-year-old woman celebrates her birthday with 100 White Castle sliders. You know, and um, it, you, you, you decide, I'm, you, you know fully that, that reading this article will be a total waste of time, but you click on it and, and, and look at the article. Why do we do this? Why, why do we um, fall into the sin of idleness and wasting time? St. Thomas says that it's because of a lack of solicitude, um, that we don't care enough about our own life. Um, if, you, if you cared a lot about your life, then you would always be looking to doing something that corresponds to your purpose. You would always be looking to advance yourself, keep going, on the path of your life towards your goal. We, we especially as, as Catholics, we know what we're made for. Uh, we know what we're supposed to be doing. But for whatever reason, at the moment, we, we just don't care to do that. We'd rather do something else. Um, that, that can be because what we know we're supposed to be doing, our, our duty of state is, is not very palatable to us or whatever it is we're supposed to, to do is, is difficult, or, or quite simply, we're just not in a good mood. And, and somehow, wasting time um, puts us in a good mood, or, or wasting time is, is always more attractive than doing our duty. This is similar to the sin of acedia that I spoke about a few months ago, but acedia is, is more of a specific type of, of idleness that concerns spiritual depression. Um, you're, you're kind of turned off by a spiritual good. But, but idleness is, is when you have a certain sorrow about any work that is burdensome or distasteful, and you're inclined to set aside that work and just waste time. In the end, our culture today is particularly subject to this sin of idleness um, because of the fact that, that idleness often derives from a lack of the sense of purpose. People who um, don't see, have a strong sense of the meaning of their life and what they should be doing with their life are often tempted to fall into idleness and wasting time. And it's very much part of our culture to remove purpose from people's lives. Recently in our religion class for the juniors and seniors, I had students, or at least the, the, the um, junior senior boys, watch a video of this Hindu yogi um, so they could be aware of some of the mentalities out there. When they graduate, they can, they can be equipped to, to face this, this mentality. But this, this Hindu yogi was ex- expressing the sort of the, the uh, very Eastern position, the Buddhist position, that really there is no purpose to life. And he was ridiculing people who thought that they should pursue a purpose. Um, he was saying it, it was it was insanity to try to 
pursue purpose, that people who pursue purpose are kind of creating a trap for themselves. They're, they're kind of erecting walls and putting themselves in a box. And the best thing to do is just remove from your life all sense of purpose and kind of let life sweep over you and push you in whatever direction it wants to. This was his vision of, of being reasonable in your life, not to do anything reasonably, but not to do anything with a, with a certain direction to it, um, but just let yourself be very, very passive in the face of life and just see where things go and how they turn out so you can experience life. So this, this is, as I say, is a very Eastern idea, but it's, it's infiltrated our, our Western world and has become very popular today. That video was, is, has been watched by um, almost 4.5 million people um, who, who seem to be attracted to that kind of worldview. In today's younger generation, they're, they're very much taught to be suspicious of anything that devi- um, demands some sort of commitment. Um, whether they have to commit themselves to a job, or they have to commit themselves to a spouse, to, to raising a family, or they have to commit themselves to a moral code um, in, in the context of embracing a religion and, and being faithful to it. Um, they, are, they are always told to, to hold themselves aloof, be detached from anything that might demand of them um, fixing themselves on a certain path. And when they're, when they're told to be suspicious of committing themselves, they're really being told of uh, being suspicious of setting any goals, of being purposeful in what they do in their life. And as a result, youth are often presented a life by the culture around them that has no direction, that's amorphous, that doesn't go anywhere, and they're left to just being idle, saying, what, what do I do with my time? I mean, this is extremely unfulfilling for any of us. Uh, uh, God made us, every single human being, to really want to accomplish something in our life, to have clear goals. I mean, this is, this is the beautiful thing about our Catholic faith. If, if our Catholic faith is anything, it is very goal-oriented. It, it, it sets a very clear path for people in their lives. It, it says this is where you're headed, what, it was what you're made for, and this is how you get there. That's super clear for us, and that, that gives us a certain satisfaction. It gives us a lot of meaning in our life. and We, we have to recognize that. At the same time, it, it places a lot of demands upon us. The, the clearer you are about your goal, and especially a difficult goal, um, the more pressure and stress there is on you to, to achieve that goal. I mean, it, it's a good stress, but, but it's, it's definitely there. But if you have no goals whatsoever, I mean, if, you, if there is no purpose, if you say there's no purpose to my life, I'm just going to let life sort of sweep over me, it's difficult to, to bear with that kind of existence. That's why modern society comes in and provides a solution how do we have our youth be aimless in their life and yet not have them committing suicide? Well, what we do is we give them endless entertainment. We give them endless television shows or, or social media sites or, or movies or video games um, so they can continuously, they could, they could waste time and be idle forever. Um, you know, often we consider idleness 
more a sin of youth than of adults. Because once you're an adult, you, you choose your path in life and you pursue it. You just keep going on that path and it occupies all your time, or the vast majority of your time. There was a famous book published in, in 1985 um, called Amusing Ourselves to Death, um, a book by Neil Postman. And he was, he was kind of indicating this difference today where we have so much visual media um, as opposed to the past where we, we learned everything through the written word um, and how this visual media can basically re- reduce us to being zombies in our life where um, we are willingly subjecting ourselves to a life that is aimless, that, that has no purpose. He made the comparison between two dystopian novels about how they will take over our world. The one was the, the, the famous novel 1984, and he said that was, that was sort of a hard tyranny where, where people are forced into not thinking. They're forced into double think. They're forced into contradicting themselves by means of violence. But that other famous dystopian novel, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, is, is sort of a soft tyranny where people are given just all these pleasures and enjoyments and you don't have to lead them into subjection. They willingly throw themselves into subjection. They're very happy to be mindless because their life is so pleasurable. And that's, that's sort of the state of, of our culture today wherein um, we are provided so many avenues for our own entertainment, really infinite variety of, of means to entertain ourselves and hide ourselves um, from the real purpose of our life, avoid any sort of serious engagement with our real purpose. So what, what brings this all to my mind are, is, is the words of St. Paul to the Ephesians in the epistle today where he tells them that the days are evil and that therefore they need to redeem their time. Um, He's sort of indicating that that the more evil a society is at large, the more you will be tempted to waste your life away. You will more easily fall into a loss of the sense of purpose worldliness in the end is, is, is deeply connected with meaninglessness um, because there, there is no ultimate satisfaction in, in embracing the pleasures of this world. So if, the, if society is more evil, you will be more tempted to waste your life away, to engage yourself in these empty occupations. And the solution, he says, is to redeem our time. It's a, it's a very funny Expression. What, what does he mean by that? Redeem your time. Um, I, I think what, what he means is what I've been trying to explain, that, that we are meant to take the moments that are given to us in this life, this precious gift of time, and make sure that whatever we do, we are directing ourselves towards our final goal. I'm not saying that, that we are meant to be praying 24-7. I, I do think we tend to devalue prayer. We don't understand how important prayer is. But I'm not saying we're supposed to be praying 24-7. Of course, even priests don't, don't do that. But what I am saying is that we're supposed to be aware of what we're doing with our time and whether or not this has a connection with our final end. 
or whether we're being idle. As I say, we as we as Catholics, I think we're pretty conscious, very conscious of what we're supposed to be doing at, at any given moment and, and whether we're wasting time or we're not wasting time, whether it be the youth um, who have been instructed in their Catholic faith, whether it be uh, a father of a family who's perhaps a bit burnt out with his work and he's just looking for, for some sort of escape, um, or whether it be the mother of a family who's alone at, at, at home with her children, and she's lonely and she just wants to pass the time um, in some empty occupation, whoever it is, I think we're all aware of, of when we step over that line and um, we are just doing nothing. We, we are doing something that leads nowhere. We have to have a purpose in all that, the, that we do. There must be a reason whether we work, we play, we eat, we study, we spend time with family and friends. Um, but we're, we're not doing these things at random. We're not doing anything at random. We know what we're about. It's a very sad situation when we develop bad habits with the use of our time, and there's, there's some sort of cumulative effect where we're perhaps wasting a couple of hours each day, um, maybe through the entertainments, maybe through the social media, maybe through the Internet, whatever. We're just wasting time. And as the weeks roll by, as the years roll by, and we haven't fixed this habit, we accumulate so many hours, thousands of hours, tens of thousands of hours, just wasting time. And then we, if we haven't corrected that habit, that bad habit, and then we die, and we appear before our Lord, and then we look out over our whole life, and there's this massive block where it's just we did nothing. We did nothing with ourselves. We could have used that. We only had one life. We could have used that time profitably, and yet we wasted it. It was all frittered away. It can be good for us sometimes, you know, I mean, just, just as an exercise, perhaps, perhaps take a few of our days and, and write down, what did I do? How did I use my time at you know, when I got up, I got up at this time, and then I did this, and then this is the next thing I did, and so on, until I get to the end of my day, and, and, I, and I see exactly how much time I spent on each activity. It can be a revelation to us. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that this is, this is precisely how I've been using my time. If I'd realized that, I would have, I would have taken more care to use my time more judiciously. The main thing, my dear faithful, we, we must do is, is care about our lives, care about the, the goal that God has given us. We are, we are made for heaven um, and really want to use the time that we have in this life profitably um, for, for the pursuit of, of our own perfection, um, to, to be able to say when we get to our judgment day that, that we have labored um, in this life to accomplish the goal that God set up for us. St. Paul, when, when he speaks to the Ephesians, he, he told, tells them to always be thankful. It's striking that he, he says to them to be thankful at all times and at, in all situations. That there's never a moment in our life when we should not be thankful for what's happening to us. I think we all understand that this is the Catholic perspective on divine providence that we're really to understand that everything that happens to us, absolutely everything, including and especially the difficulties of our life, everything happens for our good. 
You can use everything that happens to you in order to accomplish your purpose. Everything is a means that happens to you. We might, it takes faith to believe this. It takes strength to live it. But it is a very beautiful perspective. This is the solution in the mind of St. Paul. That's the ultimate redemption of time, where you live every moment with that perspective that this thing, this moment, is given to me by God um, for me to achieve my purpose, for me to advance towards my goal. We are to be thankful to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for all things at all times. If you cared about your life, you would be grateful for all of its aspects and really want to use everything um, to accomplish your goal. Let us ask the Blessed Virgin Mary, our mother, who gives us such a good example in her life of the use of time, even to the point where she didn't even perform any remiss act. There was, there was never even a moment when she did what was, what was less perfect as opposed to what's perfect. You know, instead of if you got good, better, best, she always did the absolute best, not even the better. Um, we're not we're not at the point of I, I'm not recommending that we make the same vow as Saint Alphonsus. Um, it's probably way too difficult, definitely way too difficult for me, probably for you as well. Um, but we should have that ideal. We should strive to to use every single moment of our time uh, purposefully for our goal, so that one day we may be in heaven and have the highest reward possible. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.